Make sure you ask the, the director. <laughs> Cole, are we ready? Cole's our TCU director. Yeah. <laughs> These are the DOD director of the day. <laughs> okay. We are good. Good? We're rolling. Welcome back to Fortitude, everybody. J.W. Wilson here with my co-host, Brenton Payne. Season two, we're well into that. Uh, brought to you by the folks at CapTex Bank, our good, good buddies over at CapTex Bank. Mike Thomas, you know you're out there. We love you. Thanks for believing in us. And you know, Brenton, there are a lot of banks and choices around here, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are none better than Mike Thomas and CapTex. I believe that truly. Do you, do you agree? Yes, and I agree that the you can tell the weather's getting nicer because we're having difficulty getting in touch with Mike. Where is he? No, I'm just kidding. Mike's our buddy, and he's good, and thank you very much, Mike. If you have any banking concerns, go see Mike. He's a hell of a guy, and they're a hell of a bank. Yep, it'll make it happen. And getting right to our next, our first guest of the day, let's see. It's a guy to to my left, to your right. He's an old friend, a guy we've known very well. Welcome to the show, Mike McAuliffe. Guys, how how are y'all doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for being here, Mike. Yeah, we're grateful for your time. We know, as of recent, you're quite busy from a lot of other reasons, but we'll get to that here shortly. But we want to get to know Mike McAuliffe today a little bit on the show. But we, Britt and I have both known you from school days, many, many, many years. You've done a lot of things. You're a really nice guy. You're a good figure in, in Fort Worth, helping, helping the town, helping the mayor, things of that nature. When, what was the difference, graduation? When did you graduate, I think Mike? Think is a younger, year younger than me. So. But you're the same grade as Amanda? Uh, yes. Yep. Your sister Amanda was a, a former guest on our show. Awesome, awesome woman. Very successful and some really cool stuff. Friend of ours. Yep. But so you're the second McAuliffe on the show. So that's kind of cool. And I'm going to ask you what uh, what I asked her. How did you get the picture at Szechuan on Camp Bowie with your dad in that safari? And she, where was she at the time? Why did she get it? So a long, long time ago, Herman Liu, who was the original owner of Szechuan, yep. I think he was a waiter at a Chinese restaurant that's there on Hewlin and Bel Air mm-hmm. before like the Tom Thumb. Right. I think there was previous to this, there was another shopping center. Hunan? There it wouldn't in. be called Hunan's, would it? It might have been. Where there might have been a bowl that they serve to underage kids uh, in high school. I'm not sure. I don't know I, why you're looking at me like that. <laughs> I, I, I can't speak to that. <laughs> okay. But Herman was a chef. I mean, Herman was a sh- waiter there. My dad ended up giving him a loan to okay. start Szechuan, you okay. know. Long, you know, I think he paid us back in like six months. Yeah. Um, you know, longtime family friend. Um, so I don't know how that picture ended up on the wall, but yeah. it certainly ended up there. It's I a was, great picture. It is. I was 11, you know, and I think, you know, more than anything, you know, going to Africa when you're 11, going to South Africa, going to Botswana, seeing it then. I've been back subsequent to then. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it's changed. You yeah. Know? I mean, you know, you go, you flew into Mound at that time in Italy. The immigration was a cement room that was maybe 10 by 10. Oh, yeah. Now they actually, if you fly into Mound, there's like a small terminal there, right? And, you know, there's gates and, you know, you know, 737s and stuff yeah. like that flying in there. So you can kind of see how Af- Af- Africa is changing. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of realize that. But um, to see it firsthand is really, really special. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's a great picture. And a and fun part of our lives as well. But uh, you are the president of Riata Restaurant, also Sierra La Rana. Yep. Uh, in this Clear Fork Ranch. Uh, could you tell us, we know what Riata is, well, and we'll discuss that, but what's, what is Sierra La Rana? Well, I think what this really says is my dad's an entrepreneur, uh-huh. which means he's thinking up more ideas and he has money. So <laughs> right. maybe we need to go see Mike Thomas over at CapTex and he might be able to help no us. Like, Look at that guest. I, like I mean, that is what, wait. 
That's a professional. We need more applause. That's Thank you. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and we can start, you know, my dad moved his business from JMAC, which we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, he moved it from Detroit, Michigan to Texas in 1975. So just before I was born. Okay. And, is he from um, there? Your dad's from up he there? Yes. Yeah. And JMAC had been, it was before it was called JMAC, it was called Detroit Silicon, had gone bankrupt. These uh, gentlemen out of Chicago that were buying parts from it mm-hmm. bought the bankrupt company, brought my dad in to run it until he found a real manager because he was only 24 at the time. <laughs> Ended up really liking him. And eventually um, they created kind of a holding company and made him a partner. And they set it up to where, you know, the partners could buy out the other partners when they passed away. So that's kind of how my dad ended up with, oh, with kind of with J-Mac. Yeah. But how he came to Texas was they were shutting down Fort Walters. Now, Fort Walters is the old helicopter base in Mineral Wells. Mm-hmm. So they were shutting it down in, in the late, in early 70s. Right. And when the government does that, they realize they don't want to totally destroy the economy of a town. So there's some incentives um, for other businesses to come in. So he'd come down from Michigan, looked at Mineral Wells. Um, my dad's story is, and he's a great storyteller, is he was at the Dairy Queen in Weatherford. He was talking to the guy behind him in line and said, and the guy said, well, what are you doing? And he told him the story and he said, well, why don't you think about coming to Weatherford? So my dad started talking to him. So they started the little industrial park out there in Weatherford. Nice. Um, yeah, Power Services is right in front of us. Oh um, yeah, we know. Yeah. Je- I know Jeff real well. Yeah, yeah so I mean, you know, great, great companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's kind of how we got to, that's kind of how he came to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being an entrepreneur like he is, you know, every new idea turns into a business, mm. right? So that's how you end up with Riyadh. I know and someone s- like that. Riyadh and see if Ranch and see on and things like that. Right. So well, you got a podcast and you got a podcast studio, then you got all this other stuff. Back to Mike though, Britton. <laughs> uh, the, the, the dad he's speaking of is the greatness of Al McAuliffe. Yes. He's a well-known guy around town and other parts of the world. So yep. great, great dude. So, yeah. but your childhood, you're, you're born in Texas. Uh, ha- tell us a little bit briefly about your childhood growing up. Yeah, so Obviously, I mean, Michigan born here school. in Fort Worth and then, um, Lived in Fort Worth till I was about six, and then I think in 81, bought a place out in Alito. And, and you tell that to people now, and you have to realize that when we, when we moved out to Alito, there wasn't really a convenience store, there was no grocery store, there was no place to eat. Yeah. Um, you know, the football team at Alito wasn't good. You know, right. that's how long ago it was. Yep. Um, I mean, I think our closest real restaurant was Margie's there on Highway 80, kind I of on the west Margie's. side. Yeah, yeah. On the west side of Fort Worth. Um, so it's changed a lot from then uh, mm-hmm. to now. It was like fishing and hunting with the pellet gun, probably in your backyard, right? Well, it, no, it was. And, you know, in the, the Clear Fork of the Trinity River flowed through the back part of our property. So yeah. that's where the CF came from. It was from the Clear Fork. Um, so, yeah, so I was up running up and down the river when I was little and, and spent a lot of time outside. So, yeah. um, what is you, that? I don't think the kids today do that, do they? I think they do a little bit. I think it's just different. Yeah. Right? I mean, you yeah. know, um, but I mean, even when even when we graduated from TCU, you know, I mean, in 1999, TCU was on a DOS-based email system that was kind of a green screen. Nobody really used it. Right. You know, Microsoft had just bought Hotmail, so that was a brand new snazzy thing. Yeah. You know, the, the changes that the the kids going to college now have experienced throughout their lives that we really haven't really experienced until, right. you know, did you guys even have, did you have internet in the dorm? Like we didn't have internet oh, in no, the that dorm. Was not existent. Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, imagine that like, but your love of fishing was ingrained from you early on back yeah. in the old days. Cause you're obviously a huge fisherman. We see you on, on social media. You're always posting some cool stuff you're doing fishing wise. We always love that about you, but that was early on. Right? We did. And you know, I think, you know, and we're going to probably get off topic, but you we know, my dad happens all the time. Here. My dad and I, you know, my <laughs> grandfather fished, you know, um, 
my dad's grandfather was actually born in Malta, you know, and immigrated to the United States when he was 12. My grandmother on my dad's side was actually born here in the United States, but her family had just immigrated from Malta before she was born. So her older sister was born in Malta. Um, so, you know, different culture, you know, yeah. and if you don't know where Malta's at, it's right between Sicily and North Africa, uh, okay. right in the middle of the Mediterranean. Um, lots of great history about Malta. And if you go back to the Knights of Malta and even in World War Two, you know, I think it was the most bomb place ever because wow. Germany never invaded it. So it was a base right in the middle of the Mediterranean. Yeah. So when they were in North Africa, you know, strategically, it was really important, mm -hmm. you know, for the British and for the allies. Um, but um, but fishing, fishing, absolutely loved fishing. We loved hunting. You know, we had a lease out by Lake Weatherford when I was little, mm -hmm. um, but it was something that we always did. And I think it's something that we experienced at the time that I don't know that kids see as much today. You know, we spent a lot more time with our parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now what I see is with a lot of my friends, all their kids are in club sports. Yeah. And nothing that there's wrong with club sports, but it looks to me like the parents now become chauffeurs driving their kids to and from practice yes. or to and from games or things like that. And their in their vacations are now involved around club sports. Where for me and my dad, you know, a lot of our vacations were all uh, centered around hunting and fishing yep. trips. And we spent a ton of time together. And, you know, hopefully if I have a family someday, I want to do the same thing. Yes. So you grew up and you ended up at Trinity Valley where Britt and I met yep. you originally and you went through there. What, what happened after Trinity Valley? Actually, I finished at All Saints. All and Saints. it was one of these things that, you know, I think I had a tough time in school until I was like a sophomore in high school. And then, like, I finished on National Honor Society. And, you know, and I yeah. think, you know, we all have kids what, or something like that. <laughs> Well, but, yeah. we all, but we all, but we all struggle, but I don't know what changed at whatever time, but whatever it is, you know, yeah. um, no TVS is tough. Like yeah. it's a, and, and that's good. Kudos to you on that. Then you go right up, right to TCU. No, I actually got all my basics at Sol Ross. So okay. It's a little university out in Alpine. And my plan was, you know, I really like wildlife management. Originally my plan was, is to go through TCU's ranch management school right in the middle, which counted as electives. Yep. And then finish maybe with a degree in wildlife management from Texas Tech. So I was just with the state legislator uh, this past weekend who mentioned that university or that school, Sol Ross, that the numbers have declined through UTSA. But A&M is they're, they're looking at a way where A&M is going to take that over and put their whole range program or, or something like that in there. there there's something afoot. And, with I, that and I've heard a lot of different things. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it has struggled a little bit. And, you know, for a long time. Um, I think it was originally built to be a, a university to educate teachers. Uh -huh. You know, it first opened in like 1916. Yeah. And one of the things about Alpine is it is cooler than the rest of the state in the summertime mm -hmm. because you're at an elevation of 4,500 feet. So um, like during summertime, a lot of people working on their masters or something like that would have programs out there. I think that's become less important. I think the thing that they've seen certainly recently is the oil and gas industry mm -hmm. and as good as it's been and as starving for labor as it's been, some of these kids from small West Texas towns, it's like, well, should I go to school or should I go make $50 an hour yeah. on the oil and gas? Yeah. And they're saying, well, I might go to school someday, but right now I'm going to make money while I can. Sure. Right. So was the restaurant in Alpine when you were out there at school or when did that like give us that chronology of? Um, it it of, was. So, I mean, okay. so so we opened, we bought the ranch in 1991 in okay. Alpine, um, bought a second ranch south of Alpine, started the restaurant in March of 1995. Okay. And then um, I was out there and then started at TCU through the Ranch Management School in 96. Okay. So 90, and it's only a certificate program at the time. So it was a year long program. 
throughout going to the ranch management school, I realized how important business was. Mm -hmm. So I ended up just staying at TCU and getting my business degree with a emphasis in sure. finance. Would you go um, back there in the summers and work at the restaurant? Was that like the deal or no? Uh, to the, for the most part, no, I'd probably do more stuff on the ranch than I would in the restaurant. Okay. So okay. really didn't get involved in the restaurant until about 2005. And okay. that's when the Fort Worth location was, was uh, introduced or is that what? No, we, so, you know, so, in, so opened the restaurant in March of 95, that fall, somebody you probably know, are his kids, you know, Bob Simple, mm -hmm. you know, longtime family friend. Just had Rob on the show. Yep. Yeah. West Side Little League. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Bob's, um, so Bob was president of Bank One at the time. Brought a guy hunting out at the ranch, one of the customers, ate at the restaurant in Alpine. He said, why don't you think about opening up a restaurant in Fort Worth? Because at the top of the Bank One building was a Century Two Club that had been closed for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, Bank uh, um, Bank One owned the building, said, hey, we'll cut you a great deal if you open up a restaurant here. And I think the interesting thing about that was, you know, prior to that time, if you had a restaurant in a in a, in a building in downtown, you just turn them into clubs, right? right? Yeah. Now people think about lifestyle developments. You know, y'all are here over in Clear Fork where you're intermingling restaurants and retail right. and office all together. Right? Yeah. And when you when you start putting in just normal restaurants in downtown, you don't have to be a club member. Right. Probably on average, probably the food's probably a little bit better in the in this restaurant than it is maybe in a club scenario. Mm -hmm. Not always, but, you know, sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be a club. But, but, you know, we still had private dining rooms. People would still have groups. It's a great amenity for that building. A great yes. selling point from a from a leasing point of view. Sure. Um, so that we opened the restaurant in the Bank One building in May of '96, okay. so just a little bit uh, more than a year later. Successful from the get go. Yes, I mean, but you know, we had a restaurant in Alpine in a town of six thousand, right? right? Yeah. So they didn't even build out the whole floor. I mean, you know, because I think the whole floor was about seventeen thousand square feet. So it's like, how could we possibly fill sure. up this much space? Well, mm -hmm. as soon as we opened, then it took the off. The winds started blowing and something hit it. Well, wait, do you want to get ahead of the, the story he's telling? Oh, I thought he was about to go there. Well, Keep going. You know, Keep no, no, going. no, either Keep way. Going. Um, so, um, but we finished building out the rest of the floor. You know, I think Fort Worth really embraced us. But I think that was the same time that the whole redevelopment of, of downtown was right. gaining steam in Sundance Square, yeah. right? So, um, and I think, you know, soon after we opened, I don't know who was first, but then Del Frisco's opened. So you had more places to dine in downtown mm -hmm. other than the hotels. Your first chef was Grady, right? He was. Grady Spears so. of local fame. And yep. then you've had several chefs along the way. Yep. We'll, we'll continue the story when the winds start blowing here in a second. But. It, we have. And, you know, and, um, but yeah, then March 28th of 2000, so um, almost 22 years, just over 22 years ago, um, a tornado came in through about 530 at night, hit the restaurant, hit really all of Fort Worth. Right. Yeah. Um, we were closed for 42 days, but then reopened. Where were you when it hit? I actually was home. Because at that time, you know, I graduated. Move. Well, I graduated TCU. <laughs> so you guys go ahead and uh, close down the Friars when you get a chance. <laughs> so I was, I graduated TCU and went to go work for a hedge fund, right? Okay. And I thought it was interesting, and and that was a great experience because you got to look at all these different kinds of businesses. Yeah. You know, um, you weren't pigeonholed into one. Um, and I looked at the radar on my computer, and I either thought, well, I could either go home or I can walk over to Rowdy and get something to eat. I just don't want my the car to get hailed on. Yeah. I decided to go home. Yeah. And turn on the TV, and I think NBC had a camera on the 777 main look, building looking back toward to the north. Right. And you saw all the stuff fly through the air. All those papers. Because oh. there was like uh, some government offices in that building well, and stuff. I think the Cash, bank. Well, Cash and Cash America. America's building yeah. got hit, too. Yeah. I mean, so. Um, saw a couple menus, a couple Riata menus swirling around there. Oh, we had chairs and people, you know, chairs sucked out of the restaurant. And that was interesting. When you, when you looked at the destruction, 
the things that were the things that stayed into the restaurant. And then there's other things that you said, you know, that just got kind of piled up in the center of a room. Right. And then you had other things that were tossed, you know, outside of the uh, yeah. outside of the restaurant and God knows where they landed. So yeah. After the storm, you drive back downtown, I'm assuming. And how, do, how what's the sequence of events? Is you, you, I'm I get downtown. I couldn't get to the restaurant because the thing that you don't and you think about it now and you knew about it the next day is that there were so many of the windows were were broken out. The issue was is that some of those windows were continuing to fall, but they weren't falling as little pieces. Oh, they yeah. were falling. They were falling at you know two foot by four foot pieces. And when that happens, they don't fall straight down because they're catching air now. Oh, so they're flying to the side like right. gliders. So um, so I mean, I ended up did getting hold of the people at the restaurant. They said everybody was okay. I went to the hedge funds office to check to see if we had any damage there. Um, the the dumb thing I did is I went home. Um, I should have just gone and checked into the checked into a hotel, right? Because then oh, the next couldn't get back down till like noon the next day. This the police had downtown closed till the noon the next day, mm-hmm. which makes total sense. Yeah. Um. Um. But you know, and then you know, I mean, Fort Worth rebuilt. So, um, we we rebuilt in forty two days, reopened the restaurant, but then had to leave the building in January of one. So that's really when we started. And, you know, we called it Riyadh on the road, but that was really mm-hmm. our catering division, and that was just to try to keep as many of our employees working mm-hmm. until we found a new location um do so, you think that that damage from the tornado brought you closer into the restaurant operations like i mean you were, were working at the hedge fund but or was it just uh, that was just kind of a insignificant thing i mean i don't know that it's insignificant but i mean but i think um i really didn't get involved in the restaurants till about 2005 okay so yeah um you know i just i was thinking like you see something that your family like in that disarray like that and you're like man i've got to i got to get involved in this and t- i just didn't know if that happened yeah a little bit but i mean i think one of the things that i think that we're good at you know we do we do have a manufacturing background mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people i think the success really successful restaurateurs aren't always the most creative person out there it's the good managers yeah you know, it's yep. the guys that build up a good team, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's one thing over the years, we've been really lucky to have a great team mm-hmm. because, you know, even if you're the best chef in the world, you don't want to be in the restaurant every day. Right. But you want people to get a great meal. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can do that is by teaching and growing your staff so that when you're not there, things are tending to go. And really, that's kind of what we have today. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I can do a lot of things to help promote the restaurant um, and support the community. And I don't have to worry about you know, the, uh, people's experiences at the restaurant because we've got such a good team yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. So. When was the when? How far after the tornado and your reopening uh, did you move to the new location? And so how, how did that we, we closed in January of one, reopened in our current location in May of two thousand two. Two thousand two. So, okay. So, but then January of two thousand two was the first year that we actually opened um, Riyadh at the rodeo. So. Okay. That was a, yeah, that was when we kind of did our partnership with the stock show. We had the front room right there across mm-hmm. from the exhibit halls. Then that expanded to two rooms. And then we took over the backstage club. Then the stock show wanted Mexicans. So originally we were actually trying to get them involved with some other local mm-hmm. uh, local Mexican restaurants. Um, and that didn't work out. So we ended up opening up kind of a little Mexican concept right. for those three weeks. Um, but you know, a really special time of the year for me. You know, I've kind of got a shy personality. But, you know, at the rodeo, you meet so many people. Sure. Yeah. It's kind of drugged me out of that. And mm-hmm. I made me a better person. The yeah. Backstage club has been a staple for many people for a long time. That's, that was a, such, a, such a neat deal you put together. So that's that's yeah. got to be a big part of your life when that happens because you're always around. You're always doing stuff. It does. And, you know, things have changed with Dickie's Arena, you know, obviously. Um, but that being said, 
Dickey's Arena has been a huge positive for Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, before, you know, you say, well, yeah, we lost some. We might have lost some sales during those three weeks of the stock show. But all these other concerts that Dickey's is bringing to Fort Worth, they tend to be pretty early concerts, which brings that our restaurants filling up at 530 at night, yep. which is yeah. not normal. Yeah. So we get a whole early turn that we wouldn't normally get. Yeah. And we're not the only ones. I mean, you know, I'm good friends, Adam Jones over at Grace. You talk to him. He just, just got in, just got engaged. I saw. I think he's just getting married. Just got married. Wait, yeah, doesn't yeah. he have a new restaurant, too? Coming out. An Italian restaurant opening up um, right across from Burnett. Yeah. Uh, and all Plaza. of these restaurants do take banking. And let's not forget about our sponsor, Captex Bank. It's just our little mids yeah. show, uh, like shout out there and locally owned as well. And so on the local front, you've been a real um, champion. Like we had Bonnell on the phone or on the, on the show. And I think the between the two of you guys, you're like the go-to for the restaurant tour. I mean, I, I would think that I can't believe there's not a more formal organization that's been like put together. But I think of you two as really fighting for the local guy and keeping the forefront of the kind of restaurant scene here. Is I that th- true? It is, but I mean, I think we did start the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival. Okay, that's going on right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, last night was tacos and tequila. Tonight you've got the main event and night bites. Yeah. You know, Saturday, you've got the Colony Corral and Burgers, Breeze and Blues. Sunday, you got Ring of Fire. Um, you know, that was something that that I helped start with Russell Kirkpatrick, our manager, but then a whole other group of restaurateurs here in Fort Worth, including sure. Richard King, who's really good friends with, yeah. Don Bunnell. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, and what, what we all realized is a lot of us would go out to the Buffalo Gap Food and Wine Festival. And if you guys don't know where Buffalo Gap is, it's about 30 miles south of Abilene, mm-hmm. you know. Populate. I got some uh, beef jerky from out there, or some st- some prime. Uh, isn't there a like a, a beef place? Well, out there? Well, Perini Ranch. Yeah, is that by there? Yeah, well, and that's where it's at. Okay, so it, that's yeah. where it's located at. Um, do you want to talk more about that? By take the way? that. No, I knew JW looked at me like, "What is he talking about?" But there was some legitimacy to that. Okay, keep going, Mike. Sorry. Um, but we would we would always <laughs> participate in the in the Buffalo Gap Food and Wine Festival, and um, half the restaurants are from DFW. And it's like, if this is working in Buffalo Gap, Texas, why aren't yeah. we doing it here in Fort Worth? Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of food and wine festivals that are really, that are ca- started and created by a promoter, right? Um, and the promoter's in there to make money, right? Mm-hmm. We started the Fort Worth Food and Wine Festival not to make money, but it's really to put a spotlight on Fort Worth. Right. Yeah. And I think by doing that, that has even brought the whole restaurant community closer together. How many people show up for the Food and Wine Festival? It's a, big, um, it's a big deal. It's like I mean, a, you're, you're probably selling around five thousand tickets. That's fantastic. Now, some people might be going to the same event multiple times. You get people from out of town too coming. Uh, you know, and it's and I'm not involved as like I used to be, but it used to be we would have people you know were buying tickets. You could look at what their zip code is on their credit cards, and we get from like twenty or thirty different states. Yeah, a couple different countries. Yeah. So yeah, so bringing people in Fort Worth, generating hotel motel tax dollars, sure, which is very important. That's yep. what kind of our you know, visit Fort Worth, our convention and visitor bureau runs off of. Um, our live audience typically generates a lot of that income too with the hotel and motel tax. So, so um, continue. No, no, no. So, um, but you know, but I think different than a lot of other festivals, some of these big name chefs, you know, say you use Maribatali, right? He might come to the festival, but you have to pay him to come, right? right? And if you have to pay him, and this is off the top of my head, if you have to pay him $20,000 or $30,000, He's going to take that $20,000 and maybe go back to New York with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to leave, we want to leave money in Fort Worth. Right. Um, so we've not gone that route really focused on promoting our Fort Worth 
um, restaurants and bars and, and um, different products. Um, You're really good at it, Mike, and people will respect you for that. That's one of the cool things so, that you put together. Yeah. So great job. Speaking of chefs, can you run us through besides um, – the original, some of the chefs that you've employed over the years that have gone on to do some big things? I mean, obviously, I mean, Tim Love's done great things, yep. you know, I mean, uh, and everything that he's done, he's worked for us. Um, Brian Olinjack um, has gone on. Um, Juan Rodriguez, Magdalena's, yep. you know, I mean, seeming still a good friend. Um, God, this is going to put me under, because I know I'm going to miss some. So, um, well, you've had, but, so, you had a lot of, were you at the restaurant when you, when those guys were there, or was that more under your dad's, per, or you had like a GM, like, I mean, was there somebody yeah. that saw like, these guys are talented. They could see them kind of beyond the pack, you know, as far as the, the chef goes. Like, I think everybody's talented. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, I think if you, you can always look back and say, well, this person might have had maybe it was stronger business wise than this other person. Mm -hmm. But I think we've always been lucky to have really talented chefs. But for us, I think that us, it's more important to promote the Briata brand, mm -hmm. you know, um, where a lot of these chefs, they want to build equity in their name. Yeah. Right. So at yeah. some point, you know, they might want to go off and do their own thing and mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. You know, um, they did a great job for us while they were here. Um, and now they're moving to the next step of their life. Yeah. So, so you've been in the current place for 20 years doing amazing stuff. Uh, you've served many, many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands of meals. Uh, there's a situation brewing. You were in the news here recently, in fact, a couple of days ago to discuss, to discuss this issue. We wanted to bring it up to you. Please tell us what you can. There's a Sundance Square situation going on. And please share with us the news that you that you did a press conference on, if whatever you can tell us. Please. Yeah, so we just you know, we kind of asked for renewal. We've not gotten it. Um, so you know we've got to move forward. You know our lease is up on June thirtieth of twenty twenty four, which sounds like it's a far way out. But in restaurant business, you have to play that far ahead. Well, and I think because I think we have to look at if we, for a new location that might be a greenfield type develop. You know, cream, yeah. greenfield thing. We might have to build something. Right. That's going to take a long time. The other thing that you have to remember is right now we do a ton of like wedding re rehearsals and that kind of deal. All those are booked a year out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If not more. Oh, yeah. Right. So so we've got to really be planning that far ahead because for the most important thing is we want to make sure we take care of our customers. Mm -hmm. is, is parking one of the issues you're dealing with that led to this decision, if you mind me asking? I, you know, parking is an important part, but it's really about the total guest experience. Okay. And everything's got to be thought in there, you know? Um well, all those things have to be taken. You into seldom account. talk to somebody who comes from out of town, who is paying that hotel, that hot tax, you know, the hotel occupancy tax, giving and providing, you know, income to this community who doesn't go to Riata. Like the, the, every, you talk to anybody who goes downtown and they're from out of town, they're at Riata. They, they, they either ate lunch there or they're going to eat dinner there or something along those lines. And that's a great point. You know, we've got a great relationship with our Visit Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a great relationship with downtown Fort Worth, Inc. You know, I think some of the things that you get at being in downtown is your walking distance from the hotels. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could move them out outside of downtown. They don't see that same impact of a convention like all the restaurants in downtown do. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to have to take that into sure. account. You know, um, there's a lot of exciting things happening in downtown, not TCU related, <laughs> but, you know, Texas A&M announced their expansion, yep. which I yep. think is going to be great for downtown and great selling for that southeast side of downtown. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there's the convention center expansion that's on the table. Sure. Um, and then, you know, hopefully another down, another big hotel to help service that right. expanded convention center. Well, so, just to complete the thought real quick on, on the move, is there, and people were asking this, this, this is why we have to, you please, you take it anywhere you want, but is there any contention between you and the, and the lessor? 
Is there is is the is the feeling a mutual feeling like they're like it's time for you guys to go or are they are they unhappy that you're made this decision? You know, I really can't speak for what Sundance is thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for us, we just got to figure out what the best thing is for Riata and right. for our guests going forward. And well, you, and you made that. De- did you have to make that decision once when it came from the tornado from the Bank One building and the tornado? I mean, you all decided you you had the ability to move, right? And you said we're going to stay downtown, or or was that kind of when you first moved that location? You know, so I, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I wasn't a, I had looked at Riata before we signed the lease or the current location before yeah. we signed the lease. Yeah. But I wasn't involved in the day-to-day operations right. at the time. I was actually up in Chicago at a, at another manufacturing company that we were at. Okay. So, um, so I wasn't, I wasn't day-to-day at Riata when those decisions were being made downtown. But I do think that, you know, that's where our customer base is. Mm-hmm. Now, now, um, especially at like lunchtime, um, and the convention traffic, you know, you only get that in downtown. Yep. Right now, the hard thing I think with Riata moving is we are so much of a destination restaurant. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can, a lot of new analytic tools that you can look and see where your yeah. customers are coming from. And you can say, yeah, we have a lot of customers that are coming from Southwest Fort Worth and that kind of deal. But then we have a lot of customers that are coming from Dallas, Grapevine, Arlington, Mansfield, Weatherford, Toledo. Yeah. So it's not like, Oh, it makes sense for this or it, you know, some of those, and I'm not in the real estate business, but you know, the one mile circle and the three mile sure. circle, and the five mile circle, you know, we probably have a lot more customers coming from outside of five miles than we do inside yeah. five miles. Yeah. So one of the cool things you did uh, on, so, on social media is you asked the general public, uh, Fort Worth people or people in general, some for ideas on the yep. new restaurant location and where that might be. I know we're probably early in asking this because you just released this, but have you had any funny suggestions, anything you can share? Or is we, it too, we've too had early? some, to be honest with you. I've not spent a ton of time looking at it. Mm-hmm. We've probably had over 400 people sending us messages either through Facebook and Instagram where we where we streamed some of it, but then also locations at riata.net. That's where we asked people to go to. Um, we had over 400 emails already yeah. on that site. And everybody giving her the ideas. But I mean, some people are very specific in what they want. <laughs> they want a beautiful outdoor patios with a with a sunset deck that's overlooking the side. I mean, you know, <laughs> Perfect. It, yeah. it's, it's going to be hard to hit every one of these metrics for this person. But right. but we, we do. have some plans, some architecture plans we'd like to share with you now. Oh, if that's great. Okay, so absolutely. So <laughs> if you see an idea in your list, it's the it's the, squ- the space next door to us and yeah. on the same floor. Yeah. Pay careful attention to that. One. That's, okay. That's, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. So. You got a rooftop for me mm-hmm. we'll, we'll figure that okay. one out yeah so. maybe, maybe later but um speaking of the the traffic we talked about the traffic earlier and some of the issues with the traffic downtown and the valet parking is an issue but something happened to you a few years ago that i was i was very privy to because i saw you the few days after but uh tell us about the the, the day you were hit by a car yeah so it was um october 16th of 2016 um i was walking on throckmorton street and i was with three of my other people that i work with and we were we were doing like we should do. We were waiting for the little walk signal, right? And um, we were all standing there in the corner waiting, and a car was going the wrong way on Throckmorton Street. What day of the week was this? Do you remember? It wasn't, it wasn't a Saturday. You no, got hit by a car. How would you remember it was, this? It was Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, we okay. have to go back and look. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Sure. Um, um, and, um, yeah, so the car was going the wrong way on Throckmorton Street. Runs a red light. But, you know, lights are only set up for the people going the right way. They're right. not really set up for the people going the wrong way. Yeah. Right. So that person runs so the light. so good to the... To the- Hit, yeah, hits hits another car and then that car hits me in the corner. So, um, I don't. Were you think, like looking at the traffic this way, and so that happened over here? Is that why that happened? No, like I that? think really what was happening is we were because we were there were four of us, right? Uh-huh. And we were waiting on the light. We were all talking to each other. Yeah. So the first re- first 
instant, you know, there's a problem is when you hear the cars hit mm -hmm. and you look and, you know, uh, Kathy Snotty, a longtime employee of ours, of my dad's, you know, who's literally known, known me my whole life. She was standing next to me and, um, and literally, you know, cars coming toward me and I mean, I, I don't think I make it like a half a step, get hit, kind of get thrown upside down. I think my head maybe breaks the window at the Fort Worth club. No kidding. Um, we're, we're sharing the video as we speak. So they're, so, they're going to see what, what you're talking about. Um, and then I land between the car and the Fort Worth club building. So, um, mm -hmm. and then, um, y'all bloody. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, a little bloody. They said I never went uncon unconscious. That's good. To be honest with you, the, the first thing that I remember after it was, you know, our general manager, Russell was sitting over me and I, and I looked at him and I said, Hey, you know, um, I'm trying to get up my, but my arm doesn't really work. Mm. And he, he was like, don't move. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he did a great job. Um, and then obviously, you know, Fort Worth fire department gets there. They take mm -hmm. care of me. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I remember sitting up in the ambulance, go to Harris. Um, you know, initially I had a brain bleed. So that was the thing that they were most worried mm. about. Um, so I was getting a CT scan every six hours and then, um, had a piece broken off my humerus on my shoulder and then a crushed vertebrae in my back. Mm. But, um, but in reality, really, really lucky, Yeah, you know, um, the brain bleed stopped without, without having to do anything. So that was good. Um, spent a couple of days at Harris and they took great care of me and, uh, and, and then it was a month wearing the back brace just to let the, uh, the crushed vertebrae heal. heal. Um, and the piece broken off my humerus, it was separated by about a centimeter, but it wasn't, but it was in the right spot. Yeah. So they were like, just, if we just leave it, it'll hopefully grow back together, which it did. Um, it's incredible. And, that, and the, the crazy part about it, the reason I asked you earlier what day of the week, I saw you the Saturday of that week after the accident at the TCU game. With you the were, back brace? You were you had a back brace on. And we yeah. see you walk kind of hobbling down the road. We're like, because we all knew the story. We're like, there's Mike McAuliffe. That's a fan he's for here. you. That, that this is the, shows the, the, the greatness inside of you, Mike. You, you can't sit down. You can't sit still very long. You were, you were up and out of No, you know what I mean? And you know, I, obviously I was following the, doc, the doctor's directions and they basically, the one thing they told me not to do is they said, if it snows and gets icy outside, don't go outside, <laughs> you know? Because I mean, it was even, it was like, they didn't have me a, pro a problem me shooting a shotgun, right? Yeah. It's hitting here, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think the, the, the fear was, is, you know, if you fell and you landed on the side of your arm, like you do if, like an icy street, mm. then, then you'd, You'd, then right. they might have to do surgery where that piece broke off the humerus. Yeah. Assuming so. you've healed just fine, you're, you're normal, or do you have chronic pain or anything I, like that? I don't think I have any chronic pain. That's fantastic. So. What, uh, is there a day in, in the history of Riata, tornado aside, you can de designate as one of the crazier days you've ever experienced in the restaurant, something that stands out? Any wacky yeah. stuff that happened? I, you know, there's always some rocky stuff. I think sometimes what you're sometimes what you're more impressed with is you know just the pure number of people that you take care of in a day. I mean, you know, when you when you yeah. do over a thousand people, yeah. You know, even a couple of weeks ago, coming out of the pandemic, um, you know, staffing still really tough. But we did the Park City's Quail Banquet over in Dallas, which is a big catering event. It was at the SMU Fieldhouse, but it was you know 1,330 people. Man. So and you know the the team did a great job. You know they nailed the cooking. Uh, the, the steaks medium rare something that's really exciting um, and God I think at the same time the live auction there at the Park City's Quill they raised a million six Jeez. so yeah, you know yeah. awesome for a good charity that, that, yeah, that sure. really is you know they're funding the Rolling Plains Research Ranch for quail management out um, by Abilene or out, mm -hmm. you know by Sweetwater but they're also giving money to the Borderlands Research Institute 
which is a little wildlife uh, institute that's there at Sol Ross. Right. So it's actually, you know, stuff that we're doing in Fort Worth and helping out in Fort Worth, that money is trickling its way all the way back out to Alpine, Texas. Kind of where you came from. Yeah. So on that, in the craziest kind of day of your life, what we always kind of finish off with this is, you know, family aside, uh, what was the best, what's been one of the best days of your life or the best day? That's really, really tough. You know, and, and, you know, and because it's something that I don't think about a whole lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, I, I can't go saying the day I got married, you know, which I'm sure a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, not there yet. Still looking. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's some of the success that we've had at the rodeo, because for me, that's brought me so close to people in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, um, and, and, you know, and, and you get through the end of the rodeo and that last day of the rodeo, and it's just kind of a relief because, at the beginning of the road, you were so nervous because you want to make sure you do a good job. Yeah. Because if you don't do a good job, you're going to hear about it. One from people that are upset, but then you've got so many friends that are there too. They're going to give you a hard time, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't want to give them any, any ammunition. But, you know, you get to that last day of the rodeo and, and, and you see all your friends and that's the day of the sale of champions day. And you yep. see your know, animal sell for, you know, 150 or 200 or $300,000. Sure. Um, and you see how it changes the lives of those kids. Um, even this last year, you know, the kid that won the grand champion on, on Friday, I got a call and say, Hey, the, the kid that won, the kid that won the grand championship, they want to, they want to get a reservation for 50 people. Wow. And I was like, I can't help you. <laughs> but you know what I did help him do? I got him a table of 50 at the at Capitol Grill. Yeah. But I think that goes back and yeah. shows how tight of a community that we are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that I've got, you know, a, a, you know, a friend that I've met through the stock show, you know, that's, you know, from far west Texas, sure. you know, and he's connecting me with his family mm-hmm. and we're taking care of him. So we're, everybody's excited about the, the potential move, or the for sure move, yep. where it might happen, how it's going to happen. What else is in store? For, what else in store in the future for Mike McAuliffe? Um, God, I think that's the biggest thing right now. Um, I mean, obviously, because when you have a restaurant that takes care of 250,000 people a year, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure we make a big decision or the right decision. You know, and we're coming out of an environment with COVID. You know, I don't think people are going to go into the office five days a week from eight to five, like they have in the past. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah. so it's not quite as, as an easy of a calculation as it has mm-hmm. been in the past. Also, if you look over like the last 10 years, we've got other districts in Fort Worth that you probably wouldn't have considered 10 years ago that you have to consider now, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, your offices are over here in Clear Fork, right? Um, incredible area, right? I mean, look at all the changes that we've seen in the South side, you right. know, same thing, right? And then, you know, we've just seen the opening of the Drover and Mule Alley which has kind of changed the changed that whole environment down Fantastic there. Hotel you see the way there. he's just teasing all of these possible yes. locations, right. but not giving any preference to so anyone. You can tag them all and just play along. That's yeah. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys need more sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. I mean, exactly. You, know, you just have one bank, you know? Right. You got a whole, more, a whole lot more spots to fill. We need a good restaurant for sure. Well, hey, thanks a ton for being here, Mike. We really appreciate it. Thanks for and thank you, Captex, for making this all possible. Yes. Mike yeah, thank you guys. Did you not get the questions I sent you? I gotta get rid of that. Yay!